1: we're actually here again. This is Susan Simmons and we have tomthebomb.com. <laughs> I'm going to call you that even though we don't have to anymore cuz that's just too much fun. <laughs> Our guests are looking at us like what the heck are you yeah, talking about? Who is
2: this guy? Yeah,
1: when he hadn't retired yet, we didn't want to just put it out there so he was his his youth group kids had nicknamed him tomthebomb.com so we just it stuck.
2: Yeah. So Jay even puts a little Yes, he does. There's an explosion
1: sound in the intro here. I'm sure you've
2: been called worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: We know you have, Josh. (laughs) Uh, And
2: I'm staring right at her.
1: (laughs) Multiple times. Anyway, uh, we've got some interesting guests that TomTheBomb.com has just met. And I have to laugh and say they came 24 hours early. They came (laughs) yesterday. But that's okay. It's all good. It was a practice run. And they wanted to
2: be prepared. That's yeah.
1: it. At least they didn't come 24 hours late.
2: What are you doing today to prepare for tomorrow? <laughs>
1: and that's what they were doing. <laughs> so we have Karen and Josh Logan. Karen's his, definitely his better half. And I have to tell you a little story. I officiated their wedding. Wow. So yeah. if they get divorced, I'll kill them both.
0: Because <laughs> we're not going to have that you I'm it. killing my reputation here. Got You'll it? have to counsel us then back to uh again back to the good graces again? if we ever need. That's right. She tried well, to warn us. Josh beforehand. needs to be
1: in here probably pretty regularly. Yeah. And I'm surprised Karen hadn't just dropped him off at the door.
0: Well Maybe. <laughs> now that I know where you live. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so tell us a little background on you guys. Cause you don't want me to give that story. So Go ahead, Josh. You could go first. Oh, look
2: at oh, 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 look at that. First. I have oh. permission <laughs> to go first. Uh, we know I she like
1: lets that. you wear the pants in the family.
2: No, I wear the pants. She's the belt. She keeps the pants up and then she takes it off and whips me regularly. <laughs> or or not whips, um with straps. Straps, straps. straps me. Or whips Is that what me. we call it? Well, Something certain like pretty people call it straps. Okay. Strap know, with it. Long reins and stuff like so that. So it's not a
1: beat. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we could always get rain, slip rain, <laughs> over, you know. Yeah, it's whatever you you know. Whatever I just heard you your eyes roll it. over there yes, too. Yes, they I, did. I Absolutely, heard. they do that a lot <laughs> in here. A lot.
2: <laughs> I'm very well aware. Uh, I guess. I guess. So, so, a little bit about me came from uh, a
1: warmer climate.
2: Yeah. Well. So I. Yeah. So I came. Uh, so I was born in Ohio. I uh, well, not born in Ohio, but I lived most of my life in Ohio. Uh, I was southeast. born in Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah. What. What part? Toledo. Toledo. Okay. Probably related. So, yeah, probably. Ding, 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 ding. Anyways. um, So, uh, Southeast Ohio in Athens and around Athens. Uh, So, I lived in a 60 acre horse farm, and uh, my brother and I, and uh, my mom and dad. And we got away from Ohio because of the white stuff that falls from the sky, kind of Mm -hmm. referred to as snow. Uh, Had to get rid of there.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But where did you wind up?
2: Here. Oh, I
1: thought thought that's when you went to the other warmer place. Oh, we
2: got there. We'll get there. Oh, okay. okay. So I came here. So I came here and went to high school, graduated from high school, went to ASU, wanted to be an Air Force pilot my entire life, wanted to fly f 15s and um, fighter pilot. And so went to ASU and realized I suck at math, like really hardcore. So don't ask me to do public math (laughs) on here. It's (laughs) going to be embarrassment. So I went to ASU, realized I suck at math, wasn't in the cards. So I left uh, ASU and joined the Air Force to see the world on their time, and got sent to exotic mine in North Dakota. Yeah. Um, so I was sent to a similar place when I joined the Air Force. Was that Great Falls, Montana? <laughs> Mouth strip. I'm telling you, y'all are Holy. related. <laughs> do, 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 do. Super exotic there too. It was right. It was. Right? <laughs> you know. So uh, I tried to escape the snow. Went from Ohio and got sent to more snow than I've ever seen in my entire life. See, that'll teach you. Yeah, 70 below zero. Well, you know, they, you, you fill out the dream sheet. Oh yeah. And then they they they're oh, yeah. like, ha, ha, they tear <laughs> it up and throw it away. Let's throw that away. That's yeah. so cute. <laughs> you actually want to, You think you want to go somewhere. Uh, so well, you know my lineup. story
1: about up there. What's that? A few years ago, the what? FOP president, uh, Joe Johnson, I have to throw him under the bus here because I'm going to text yeah. him in time to listen. But he messaged me a few years ago, and, oh, man, Susan – Heard all these great things about, you. you know, when a cop starts blowing smoke up your ass, you should be alerted, especially <laughs> after 30 years of doing this.
2: Danger, danger, yeah. danger. Yeah, and
1: he goes, you know, we heard all about you out of the Dallas FOP speaking, and we want you to come up here and speak. And he said, and it'll be the first time in the history of the FOP that North and South Dakota have done a joint conference. And I'm just buying this stuff. Heads getting big, and I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, okay. And, uh... And he said, uh, you know, what do you charge? I gave him the rate and all this stuff. And then I went, wait a minute. When is this? February. (laughs) I went, you S.O.B. I've never met this man. You S.O.B. And he just started laughing. I said, if you told me that before, the rate would have been doubled. I'm in freaking Phoenix, Arizona. Ain't like I can just walk into a Target or a Walmart or something and buy a coat that's going to. A a handle. Real coat. Yes. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yes. A North Dakota. <laughs> a snow coat. suit.
1: You mean a snow suit? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like.
2: But you need to have. Wow. See, that's your fault. You should have an inclement weather rate. You're wrong. Right. That's what you should do. But I
1: didn't know it was going to be February. I mean, aren't well, there times up in that part of the world that it's not necessarily 50 below? Uh, like yeah.
2: four or five months.
1: I mean, I literally landed and it was 40 below.
2: Yeah. yeah Temperature. Yeah. And I. That ooh, doesn't include windchill, though. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> exactly. No. I, oh,
1: I didn't even want to know what the windchill was.
2: Yeah. So, it's...
1: yeah, they suckered me into it again.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: because they told me October, and now they're saying So, let's focus that.
2: on that word right there. What? They suckered, suckered. you into it. <laughs> <laughs> they suckered you into
1: it. But now somebody's told me to go to one of the places and rent ski jackets.
2: Rent ski jackets? Yeah, because yeah. I
1: don't need to buy one
2: you can to use, use you rent once skis every... to go snow skiing? Oh, yeah. But you can rent jackets? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. know that.
1: Interesting. I, I hadn't thought of it either. Did, but anyway, back do, to the you wear, Are you
2: wearing bowling shoes with it too? <laughs> bowling shoes?
1: <laughs> I swear he's going to get beaten with this red man stick before the show's <laughs> over.
2: Don't threaten me with a good time.
1: <laughs> so anyway, back so, to yeah. your North Dakota days. So I got,
2: got stationed in wonderful Minot, North Dakota. Minot at Air Force Base. Uh, and my job up there was a security, I was in security forces uh, airman, or uh, I don't know if security police. I don't want to date you, but- uh, but uh, security forces, and then uh, I my job up there was as a tactical response force member, and then subsequently leader. So my job was to take uh, the from a security perspective, take a nuke from say a silo back to base. Oh, um, that is. I-
1: Wow. Yeah. Somebody didn't check that resume and background, did they? Yeah.
2: I was very good at my job, Jack That wagon. really scares
1: me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: to think I was in the backseat of a helicopter at a time. I have great concerns. Uh, yeah, now. I know. I know. With a top secret security clearance at that, right? It's Wow. I know. That's all well,
1: I can say, knowing Josh. What
2: you know now and what you didn't know then.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to give me nightmares tonight. <laughs> good, I, good, okay. good
2: thinking. There could be somebody... Just like me up there right now, taking nukes from point it's A to point Lord, B. This
1: is why I'm a believer. <laughs> <laughs> there's certain things out of my control that i just got to give to the man upstairs. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of faith going on up yeah, in that helicopter. It so, yeah, that was my job. So, these these launch facilities silos are 70 to 100 miles away from base. Wow. They're in, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Sunflower fields and cornfields. Good thing. Um, so, uh they, when they had to work on the nuke, the Minuteman three warhead, which has three warheads in each missile, it's not classified or anything. You can look it on Google earth. You can find all these launch facilities on Google yeah, earth. It's crazy. And, uh, so when they had to, they had to drive it on us in a semi-truck back to base. <laughs> so at any given time around Minot, Great Falls and Cheyenne, Wyoming, um, if you weren't air force base, you would see a United States air force semi-truck, uh, with a nuclear weapon in it. Right. And, uh. Well, it's got very robust security procedures, so nothing to worry about, but it is the most uh, vulnerable time of that, of that uh, nukes sure. life. And uh, so I was the airborne asset that would go ahead of the convoy. Obviously, you don't want me in the front seats of the helicopter because I just said I suck at math. Mm-hmm. So I was in the backseat with the, with the big guns and then working with convoy command to get us from point A to point B. Um, so we'd reroute the convoy. If there's on a convoy route something as innocuous as a, you know, a traffic accident. We would just reroute the convoy all the way up to valid threats um, against the convoy. So my job for three years was to shoot big guns, kick doors, blow stuff up, eat workout, eat, sleep, and repeat. And it was fun. Uh, I got bored with it. Um, and then I joined I left, that's
1: his ADD speaking right yeah, there undiagnosed
2: unmedicated oh it's diagnosed
1: all right. um, I have it written somewhere in the file uh, among
2: Documented. other among other Absolutely. Uh, among other adjectives Josh uh, is the
1: only one I kept notes on just want to be clear on that after telling everybody else no notes right
2: thank you yeah sure thank anytime. You. it's not notes for anybody else besides Karen so
1: well I don't know all, uh, they could be sold
2: uh, true um, so yeah, my, uh, so I left the air force and joined the city of Minot, North Dakota police department. Um, and so I did that for two and a half years, uh, worked the patrol most of my career on at the Minot PD. And in that time, I always say is uh the time that I was in the air force and, and Minot PD, I watched a town go from literally Mayberry to murder capital, North Dakota. Wow. Um, so we had eight homicides the last year that I worked. And then in 2011, um, a, a flood happened in the source river. It's what they call the mouse river. Uh, Destroyed the town Katrina style. So if you actually look at Minot in 2011 and then Katrina in New Orleans, you know the scales are different, but the 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 damage on a on a per capita aspect is 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 very similar. Oh yeah, just just destroyed the town. Wow. Um, And these these people, you know, North Dakota people are extremely hardy and they're extremely kind. Um, And so I watched the town. Change in demographic, and mainly, it's no disrespect to the industry, but uh, they found a lot of oil under Lake Sakakawea. So Hess Oil and you know Halliburton, no, not to throw them under the bus, but a myriad of of oil companies came in. And there is a certain demographic of worker that works in the oil fields called a roughnecker, hmm. and they work insane hours. They work in insane um, you know working conditions. So they work hard, and boy, do they play hard. Play hard. <laughs> they play hard. Um, So they go out for 21 days and then they come back into the city for 21 days and they make good money for the amount of hard labor, Um, not very intellectual labor, no disrespect, but it's very rigorous, hard labor. And they get, they get commensurate pay for that working in that field. Um, So they, they're away from their families, you know, they're, they're here. And then they so prostitution, crystal methamphetamine went through the roof um, because they're working longer hours. They take some types of, of uh, stimulants. Um, and then so crime as well. So bar fights escalated from a couple, you know, you know, two guys scruffling and, and you know, a bloody nose, somebody pops somebody in the mouth to stabbings to fun time. To, to 30 person bar fights all the way to shootings. Um, and then we saw a large, uh, immigrant demographic come in. And so it just changed the, the, I guess the, the scope of our town, uh, the shape of our town. And it's no disrespect It just, it is what it is. It's, uh, so I, I realized at that point, I'm like, I got to get the heck out of here. It's been fun. It's been good. I finally applied to the, uh, to the Chandler police department uh, and then got the job with the Chandler police department and worked there for a little over nine and a half years working from, pat- working from uh, patrol to uh, to street crimes, uh, bicycle team. I was on the bicycle team for three years, which is a lot of people think bicycle team and they think, Oh, you're like 21 jump street. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the Johnny Depp or Chandler Tatum <laughs> reference. I appreciate that. Uh, but we were a little different. We, uh, our job was to target street level crimes. So we would ride in alleyways and parks and literally sneak up on people. And it was fun. Um,
1: were you on that with Chris for,
2: uh, so Chris and I were on, on, on a patrol together. Uh, Chris left just before I got on. Uh, but we worked, uh, beat partners. We were beat, par- I was beat partners with Chris. Whew. Uh, brought that up. Um, yeah, Chris and I, Chris and I worked a lot of a lot of different assignments um, when we were in patrol. Uh, we worked a lot of beat problems. Um,
1: Our audience is very familiar with how much he has missed, because he is, and it's been five months, but it seems like it's only been a few weeks. And
2: sometimes it feels like it's been ten years ago.
1: And it's a pain we have every day.
2: So. Uh, yeah, um Chris and I worked a lot of a lot of street crime stuff. Oh, well I thought of,
1: y'all were on bike patrol at the same time.
2: No, but we would have torn it that oh, city apart.
1: Two dorks together. <laughs> Good gosh.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Jack Wagner. <laughs>
1: what Thank fun you. that would have been.
2: I know, right? I mean, we we did, I mean, so, uh, you know, looking back, um one of the worst fights I've ever I've ever been in, one of the most worst street encounters I've ever been in. Um I was just arresting a gentleman for, for suspended driver's license uh-huh. uh, for suspended driver's license. It's so super innocuous. I mean, you know, suspended driver's license, that's, that's like below shoplifting. It's like, <laughs> it's like a half a step above a whale turd at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> um, it was at, it was just South of Ray and, and, and 54, uh, 56th street right there in West Chandler. And uh, I put my, I put my hands on the guy. I had a beat partner that will remain unnamed that, couldn't fight their way out of a wet soaking bag. Um, and, uh, we went do doe. pretty hardcore. Like the guy, the guy hit me in the face and then I hit him once as hard as I could. And imagine like you hit somebody in the face. Is it with everything you have? And they <laughs> and just, they, and they just go all oh, their do- head does just poof, just does that. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. then usually, Oh, and then a <laughs> monosyllabic four letter word. Yes. yes. Um, so, uh, so I hit him with everything I had and then we went do doe, and then, Um, Chris was there within seconds and then, you know, in typical Chris fashion and this dude elbowed Chris in the face so hard, he was bleeding from his face. It looked like he just like, like blood got poured over his face. He stumbled for probably two seconds. And then I went dozy do with this guy after hitting him and him hitting me for about a minute. And then we fell down. But Chris was in the fight and I, I so we were going like this, we we're spinning around. And then I feel this force, this outside force hit us like a train. And it was Chris back in the fight. And we went to the ground and, and we went do-si-do and, and then finally I'm like, this, this needs to end. Um, and I put my arm around his, our arm around his neck because we are, at the time we were certified in the carotid, uh, you know, bilateral vascular restraint hold in the carotid. And, uh, and then he gave up. And then he finally gave up and we handcuffed him and we get back up and Chris is just covered and covered in blood. Cause he's, he was, she had that shaved head, the classic shaved head, <laughs> but, but his head, he bleeding all the time. He was, he I love the to always, death. Always hurt. We like, were always
1: getting called to the emergency. Yeah, like Chris
2: and Chris is bleeding again. It's like, geez. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: and I remember, you know, my daughter was just an, almost a newborn and uh, it was probably in the middle of the night. It was like one o'clock. And, uh, and then, um, You know, I get, I get set down, the fire department comes, check on Chris, check on me. We just go to the hospital together as a precautionary note. But I still remember trying to escort this guy to the car and the, the B partner that I had that couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag, uh, couldn't even control the handcuff suspect (laughs) because he tried to bite me. (laughs) And then, so the dude got dumped again. Um, and all it was, was, was a couple grains of methamphetamine and that's all he was fighting. Like, like, Nobody said they're those, smart. Those gosh. were important to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so, <laughs> that we found afterwards. That. Right? <laughs> Not That's, to you guys. Correct. <laughs> and so it was It was just, it was just crazy. And, and looking back, you know, even before Chris's death, um, if he wasn't there, I probably wouldn't be here.
1: I've had more people tell me he was the one that got into the biggest fights with.
2: A he was. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, perfect. So we're using monosyllabic 4 words. So we can <laughs> absolutely. Do that. I had to wait for the post. post no, to... we have
1: no. There is no. Okay. On
2: podcast, no, there is boy. no. Dude, <laughs> yeah, it. we just relinquish
1: that the, monster. The floodgates yeah, are, are open
2: now. <laughs> How else can you describe that? No, right? absolutely <laughs> That's not. Yeah, there's He's no, not. Right. Yeah. It's, no. It's
1: dork on one hand, shit magnet on the other. And yeah. what more could you ask for?
2: Uh, the knowledge base on him was was through the Unbelievable. roof. From a case law perspective and, and a use of force perspective. Supervisor. Now, yeah. not a traffic perspective. <laughs> no, he I could He would pull a traffic stop and call me on the he phone would. and say, hey, I stopped this guy for this. What's the code for it? <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Totally see that. So to screw with him, you give him the wrong code and tell him to look it up. That's a good And then you hang <laughs> up.
1: And hope you that's don't see awesome. him for a while. In hindsight, yeah. I yeah. should have known that before
2: he before yeah. we lost Chris. But uh, so you,
1: you left Chandler when?
2: So I left Chandler full time uh last year. Uh last year of uh January thirty first, twenty twenty was my last day. Okay. So February first of uh twenty twenty was my first day of, of entrepreneurship. Um, you know, we'll get to that. that. Yeah. So that was that was the that was the the day of days. I guess yeah. that's the the best way of explaining it It was fun. It was, I loved my job. I really did. Um, it put me through some of the hardest times of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think of anybody in this world that knows that it would be that lady right there staring right across (laughs) from me with the red hair and, Roll we had some and,
1: fights in here too.
2: Oh we uh I
1: think I remember a couple of FUs coming out of you as you walked out the door a few times.
2: Well I'm glad you only said a, a couple. Um <laughs> thanks for <laughs> but giving the pen for the tally. <laughs> but who's
1: counting oh tally. no, I
2: I know you got a tally sheet over there somewhere. That <laughs> do, was funny. And I know got that it all recorded, And but I, know who cares? That we, <laughs> I know we 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 went toe to toe. Like Ooh, legit, yeah, you like, get mad. Like literally, literally I got in your face and you did and, and I'd give it right back. Yeah, that was, you know, I'm like, okay, all right, cool. This is fun. <laughs> she didn't back down like a. No, I she was. didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I, I would be shocked if she backed down from any no, no, I know. And I I tried to play the brinkmanship with her, and that I'm like, that better. was stupid. Yeah, that <laughs> didn't work well. I either. was like, I was like, like hitting the meth addict in the face. I'm <laughs> like, that didn't work. It swims <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah, that's what she did. Like. <laughs> and usually, so the word that came out of my mouth since you had the monster of glory, <laughs> Done like, messed up, eh, Ron? So, yeah, we've we've yeah.
1: We've, uh, we've gone toe to toe a few times, and for the audience's knowledge, I always won. I was always right. You always came back and said,
2: "Okay, Nick Saban." <laughs> uh, He's always
1: right too. Yeah, you're right. right. I, that's a compliment. Thank you. I know, you very I know. Much. you're, welcome. you're, you're welcome. welcome. Yeah, roll tide.
2: Yeah, roll tide. So, but no, I, I, I got to do a lot of cool things in, in Chandler, and and it was fun. I got to work with some amazing individuals. Um and not so amazing individuals just like <laughs> anything else. Sure, we uh, won't go there yet. Uh, No, that's a whole
1: nother show. That's, oh,
2: yeah. Um, but then, but then you know the opportunity to become a firearm firearms instructor and and working with the federal law enforcement training centers. None of that would have been possible sure. without without Chandler and and then a a certain chapter closed and and a new chapter opened and then I got to meet this wonderful lady to my right and everything's happy. I'm happier than I've ever been in my entire life.
1: Good thing because I don't have time for you to be
2: miserable. <laughs> right. That's got to wait a few months. Well, <laughs> ah,
0: so sure. all that stuff you were just talking about mm-hmm. is really good information to know. Sure. That you admitted that Susan was always right. It just took him yeah. time to.
2: Well, actually, I, come I to... didn't admit that. I just said oh, that yeah, you did. I was silent.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: God. <laughs> Remember this whole Fifth Amendment, just because you remain silent does not have an admission of guilt.
1: Yeah, but we know Josh well enough to know if it weren't true, <laughs> he'd have jumped up and screamed. <laughs> That's
2: a lie. All right. So Josh is leaving the room now.
1: (laughs) All right, Karen. So let's talk about the real professional in this team here.
2: (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: The one who sets the tone. Absolutely. And keeps him in check. Absolutely. The sooner you come to terms with that. Absolutely. The happier we both will be.
1: What did I tell Karen the day y'all got married and before? Men are born stupid. Start there. We're good. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: About to have a domestic violence situation in this room right now.
1: As, long as I have her on speed dials, <laughs> it's, like it's not bashing, man. It's just a fact. Have you just, ever had a DV he's... on
2: your uh, on your show? Uh, no, not yet. No, well, not
1: yet. But hey, we're hey us. we're gay for anything, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Because my money's on Karen. Right. I'm just telling you now. <laughs> I know she can outshoot. It. <sighs> yes. I do know that,
2: among other things,
1: because I've seen that, and he's actually admitted that.
2: Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent.
0: I've seen him admit it on Facebook.
2: <sighs> Fine.
0: He's getting faster though. He just put a, a video up on Instagram. You guys all have to watch that. It's pretty impressive. I must say. Go Did ahead. you
1: enhance it with something to. No,
0: just
2: <laughs> no
1: coming out of I'm the hole. No, I
2: don't speed ramp my, my videos on like other uh, fire instructors in this industry. <laughs> no word may not name. Yeah. Yes.
0: So
1: tell us your background,
0: Karen. So I always tell everybody when I talk about, and when we do our intros and talk about my, uh, past that I grew up on the mean streets of Chicago because I literally grew up in the city on the South side where the White Sox play. That's that's always another question that comes up. Are you a Cubs fan or a Sox fan? <laughs> and I grew up, literally grew up in the same neighborhood that the White Sox played. So that was a big part of us, of, you know, my childhood. And again, when when we talk about our background and do our intro for our classes, I tell the story of, my dad taking me to a Chicago White Sox playoff game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the time my dad had been a cop for six years or so. So he, he's done his time. He's retired now. He, he did 32 years, 32 and a half years, Chicago PD. And so I think I was about seven. He had been on the force for six years and he took me to a playoff game and the mounted unit, was standing there. It was a kind of a big deal. It was, you know, they're blocking traffic. And I remember looking at the horses going, Wow. You know, that's what I want to do when I grow up. And you can imagine, you know, my dad the horror on his face when he looked down at his angelic seven year old daughter, like, oh no, no, you that's You're not no. Doing that. <laughs> you know, and my and, princess. Yeah. And uh and I think that's where the, maybe the seed had been planted and, you know, because he was a cop. And I think a lot of kids that grow up around that, you know, whether if they're like son or daughter to a fireman or a cop, I think it's just something either it it's a seed that's planted or they don't care at all about it, but... Or if you don't like the parent... And they're a policeman, you become a fireman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, exactly.
0: Which is probably the smarter of the two, right. to be honest. Uh, yeah,
2: nowadays, for 24 sure.
0: twenty-four on, yeah. forty-eight off. Right? Yeah, exactly. I'd go that route.
2: And then you um, become a plumber or a carpenter like they always on the do. Electrician, sure. whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yep. So um, so yeah, fast forward to, you know, growing up in Chicago. I'd seen some crazy things growing up. And um another story I always tell people is that when I was sixteen, my friends and I all got our permits to drive, and we were driving through not so so great of a, a section of Chicago. And we stopped at a McDonald's, and there were a handful of us that got out, and we went in and got some food. And when we came out, there were a few boys standing outside, and they kind of harassed us and pushed us around. And we were all wearing our little gold chains with our, you know, little mm-hmm. pendants on our on our necklaces that got so conveniently ripped off of our necks. And at a very young age, I was exposed not to terrible violence, but you know, an incident that was pretty shocking if you're not expecting it. Sure. And again, you know, being a, a daughter to a cop, you know, I'd heard stories and, you know, my dad would be gone all day, all night working, sitting in court and telling stories about arresting bad guys. And, um, I'm sure it's no shock to anyone. That's how I ended up going to, uh, well, I was the first one in my family to go away to college. But then soon after that, I realized I didn't want to sit in a cubicle and sit in an office. I wasn't in my DNA. Push papers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I was an art and marketing double major in college. And God I heavens. I had this dream that I was going to be a big advertising executive in downtown Chicago. And I, and I did for three months. I worked at an ad agency. And then again, I realized yeah, this isn't going to cut it. You know, this let's cut, go back to the horses. Yeah, let's, let's go back I'll <laughs> you know, become a cop for 10 years. And so I did. I, I joined the police department. They sent me a, a letter in the mail. My, I was at work. I was actually working at a dentist office. I was a dental assistant for a little bit, and he brought the letter to the office, and he said, open it, open it. And I could tell he was excited. You know, if he didn't want me to join the police department, I think— instinctually, I would have known that's not it. a great idea. Flush that maybe. <laughs> yeah. And my dad was always very supportive. He always said, is it, is, will it make you happy? Is it something I just want you to be happy? And, and, I don't think he really wanted me to be a cop, but he knew he wouldn't be able to stop me. And I think he's just a realist. Sure, you know He said, listen, I don't want you to be in harm's way, but I also want you to be able to take care of yourself. And if it's what you want to do and who knows you better than your parents, right? Right. I was a tomboy. I ran around with all the boys. I rode my BMX bike. I played baseball with the boys. I was rolling around in the dirt, street fighting and all kinds of crazy stuff. So when it came time for that, I think he just maybe in his heart of hearts, he was he knew she wasn't gonna be a ballet dancer. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wasn't gonna be a Barbie doll, you know, worried about my nails. Well, and my if she hair was a dancer, stuff. she
2: tiptoed on people's yeah. faces. So. Yeah. <laughs> well
0: we were out clubbing in the late eighties or in the mid eighties. Yeah. So dancing for sure. But anyhow, um, so yeah, I, I joined the police department, everything was great and he'd always said, you know, if, try it out if you don't like it you quit and you do something else. Mm -hmm. You know, life is too short. It just, we just just want you to be happy.
1: How old were you at that point?
0: So I was 25 when I joined the PD and um, yeah, I went straight out to the streets and I did that for uh, about five and a half years. Somewhere along the way, I took the Marine unit exam. So that's kind of like a promotional exam. You had to have um, in order to place on the list, you had to have uh, boating experience and you had to be SCUBA certified. So those are two things that I already had. It didn't hurt that my dad was already a part of the Marine Unit. Thank and the, the naysayers out there, if they know me, will say, well, her dad was in the Marine Unit. That's how she got there. <laughs> what a, and I always thought that was funny because I thought it doesn't give you a ticket just to walk up to a you know, onto right. a new unit, right up here,
1: <laughs> you know, this
0: is my last name and I belong here. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So, um, so yeah, I was on the, I was on the streets for about five and a half years. And then I, uh, was on the Marine unit for about four and a half and somewhere in between nine eleven happened. I'm going to give away my age now. um, 9-11 happened. I'm still the oldest in the room, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to beat
1: Josh to the punchline here. Yeah. I knew it was coming. I could see I the wheel It was wheels like turning. a
2: softball punt. Yeah. pitch. <laughs> she intercepts it halfway from the mound yep. to the plate. Yeah, I
0: wasn't going to let you go there. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, after 9-11, I thought, wow, you know, being a Chicago cop is great, but, man, I'd like to maybe go federal and – do something bigger, better, more. And, you know, I was thinking NSA, I was thinking FBI, I was thinking all this crazy stuff. And I had a friend who uh, we had met a few times um, from the NYPD that had come to Chicago and for, they would come for St. Patrick's day. And it was just such a great time to, uh, uh, you know, to celebrate. And, um, and then after 9-11 they'd come to Chicago. Cause we'd a bunch of us had gone out to New York right after that to help them out. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a calling in and of itself. And yep. I think even if you weren't in law enforcement at the time, I don't know where you were on 9-11, but I was in Dallas,
2: Texas in a training class.
0: Training class. Yeah. Okay. Cause even, even civilians will tell you they're you know, it was kind of tugging at their heartstrings. Everybody felt, yeah. you know, I, I have to do something, but yep. especially police and fire, all first responders. We just had this Nagging feeling like we have to go out there and help yep. them, whether it's directing traffic or being a part of the bucket brigade. Or you know, it's amazing. I was just thinking about that today. We saw a dump truck go by and it had a bunch of metal on it, and mm-hmm. I just thought about that. How long? How many years it took to take every scrap of metal? And it's just funny how it affects you. But it's uh, amazing
1: what I remember my first time there, looking at the at the rubble and mm-hmm. it's still burning, and I'm thinking. How this long is going to take years mm-hmm. and years, and it really—I mean, it—they got everything moved to Fresh Kills in in a year. Now that took yeah. longer over there to go through, but yeah, yeah, it was impressive.
0: Yeah, so we we had um, made contact with a, a ton of um, NYPD, and we uh, Chicago PD had lost uh, an officer. His name is Brian Strauss he uh was shot and killed in the line of duty in June of 2001 so that was a few months before 9/11 so fast forward to May of 2002 um at DC in DC for Police Week mm-hmm. that was the very first police week that I had gone to uh for my friend Brian and also the first one after 9/11 right so we had made a ton of contacts and a uh, couple years after that that's how I ended up figuring out that I would apply for the Air Marshal Service. I had some friends in New York that said they were hiring and I thought, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. And again, it came down to you can't leave the Chicago PD. You're on the Marine unit. Are you crazy? You can't leave. You, <laughs> you know? hadn't made
1: it to the horse yet, yeah, but you made it to the thinking,
0: boat. Yeah, and I, it's funny. I had a friend that was on the horses and I was on the boats, the horses in the boat, canine Marine unit. He said, you think they'll let us just swap Bots. I want to be on the boats. You could be on the horses. And sure, so just for a couple of days, I always thought that that we could try to do that and it never, never happened. Just one shift
1: so, would have been fun. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah.
0: I really have no regrets in my life, but I, I, sometimes I think, man, that would have been cool to be on the horses. But anyway, going back to, uh, you know, the air marshal service, they, they hired me and I, they told me, uh, you got to choose between New York and DC, which, which field office do you want to go to? And I was like, oh gosh, well, DC would be kind of cool, you know, but I don't hmm. want to be there with all the politics and the politicians. And so New York, again, we had a ton of friends out there. And I said, that's going to be my second home. Let me try it. And it was one of the best decisions I had ever made. Um, I ended up going through Fletzy and then our uh, air marshal 101 uh, in Atlantic City. And I had some of the best trainers in the world, a lot of ex-military then you did Fletzi
1: at Glencoe, or, or was Artesia uh, open Artesia.
0: There? Oh, okay. Yep. It was Artesia, Land of Enchantment. Yes, super exotic. Little nowhere. New Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: nothing anywhere except a
0: Ooh, Walmart, I'll maybe, tell you what. However
1: <laughs> far away that was.
2: Neither is Glencoe.
1: <laughs> like it's yeah, of, got the beach. Come on, hey, you got the yeah, beach. That's it's true.
2: Georgia, though.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, it's We're it's not going to talk about the Bulldogs, because they the, don't. Georgia. Yeah. Roll yeah. Tide. Yeah. It's close to
2: Alabama. Oh.
1: It's closer to Alabama than Artesia
2: So, so is Iraq. Like, we could play <laughs> right. Skate on it. It's on Earth.
0: So, yeah, we were in Artesia. That Walmart was, ooh, that was a hit. Yeah. We found out someone was going to Walmart. We just, <laughs> slammed, the car was just, you know, it was like a clown car. I got to go pick up a piece of gum. A
2: future federal agents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, So, yeah, I flew around the world for... Almost 10 years, uh, 1.9 million miles. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was lucky enough to get on a transfer. After a few years, I ended up going down to Miami, Miami field office. So I flew out of there for a couple of years. And then um, I got hit with a breast cancer uh, diagnosis while I was down there. So then I got a, a medical hardship transfer back to Chicago, which is where I was from. So I kind of traveled around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, it, it's, it's kind of a personal side and it, it seems like a sidetrack, but it really kind of ties into what we're doing now and why I'm not doing that anymore. Cause I'm, you know, I wasn't ready to retire, but I kind of got forced out due to some complications, which it's, it's all good now, but it was due to, um, you know, a, a surgery that kind of went haywire and uh, with the law enforcement side of the government, uh-huh. It's tough. You have to have some, you have to pass some really strict uh, standards, physical standards, and it just came down to the fact that my doctor wouldn't sign off on me to go back to work. So I was kind of forced to mm-hmm. medically retire, which thrust me into this world of what on earth am I going to yeah. do with myself now that this is all I know? And you're how old at that point? At that point, I was 44. Five-ish, 44 when I got uh when I got kind of told that you're gonna be on light duty. And then it it was about a year later. I was 45 when they finally gave me my walking papers and it's basically called an options letter. Uh, you need to quit, come back to work. Retire, or we're going to find you a job within TSA, which never works. But they make you think that they're going to do that for you. Don't say Karen standing on the line there with that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. That never works because no. they have to pay you what you were getting paid, and just it just yeah. doesn't work. They they make you think it, it sounds great, but it doesn't. It never works. So so I was forced into retirement, and I you know kind of cried myself to sleep for about six months, and then my head, my dad had already uh, come out here and retired out to Fountain Hills. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I decided to follow him out here again, the poor guy, he can't get away from me everywhere he goes. I'm following her. All... <laughs> She's moving but... back home. Uh, yeah. Yeah, need lunch money. <laughs> yeah, Right. Where are you? Let's go to dinner. Let's go buy a car, buy me a car. <laughs> exactly. No, no. He's, he's made me do, do everything on my own. But, uh, anyway, I, uh, So I I followed him out here and I, again, cried myself to sleep. And I finally, I got my real estate license and was back to square one of saying, yeah, this isn't going to cut it. What am I going to do with myself? And that's when I, I decided that I'd get a job at a local gun range Mm -hmm. to teach because I had been a firearm instructor within the air marshal service, PT tactics. I was all that within the training uh, division of the air marshal service. So I thought, Well, why would I let all of those skills and knowledge go to waste when I can somehow transition into teaching civilians, which was, it was a little bit of a learning curve. Think about it. You know, you're teaching people who are already vetted. You're basically there just to qualify them and to help people kind of straighten it out if they lose their way or pick up bad habits. So um, yeah, I got a job at a local gun range and that's where Josh and I met and... You know everything was great. He was a concealed. He was a CCW instructor, uh, in addition to one other guy who was a civilian, Mm -hmm. and that's what I wanted to teach. So that's for in Arizona, the CCW is a concealed carry weapons permit class.
1: That let me add is not required. Correct. It is not. Susan moved out here looking for the CCW, and they're going welcome to the wild west yeah. and i go really just pull your shirt <laughs> over it <laughs> right. yeah right just yeah. Hide so it. telling me i can carry what i want when um, i want where i won't i yeah. have found my home yeah 100%. <laughs> right.
0: yep but as what you know josh and i both have the experience in in training and education and and learning the laws and understanding how important it is because so many people out there that just lack oh, yeah. the knowledge not not always because they don't care. It's because maybe they're getting their news from social media or sure. the or the news themselves, and they're just kind of out of touch. And I think being in law enforcement, you realize that as you go through, you you realize you don't always get the story right, and there's something that's lacking. And we know the real story, but the public doesn't, and it's sure. just because they're getting wrong information. So it's kind of it was kind of frustrating. I sure. think it's a way for us to uh, finally be able to reach people the way that we want, um, that we think they should have been reached to begin Mm -hmm. with, with the truth and the facts. And we were always told you're doing too much, too soon, too fast with your Mm -hmm. students, slow down. And, you know, with all due respect, we were working for a gun range right? and they're a business. And so I understand that from a business perspective, they want you to slow down and just teach the basics so that they can take one class and then they'll come back for more and more and more. When what I think what we were doing is we would take a beginner shooter Mm -hmm. and they may say, I just want to know where the bullets go in and come out. That's Which end of this thing (laughs) drop? Right. (laughs) And they may not be ready for anything else or someone who knows all that and needs to know about a magazine exchange or Mm -hmm. reloading or whatever it is. And that was as an, as a real true instructor, we could assess that each individual student and we could tackle that one and then maybe, you know, take care of another student or another and and really keep them all on different pages. Sure. But they didn't like that. They wanted everyone, you know, you're going too far off the grid. Take it easy. And we just didn't like that. We thought, you know, there's a, there's a better way to do this. Why don't we cycle out of this job mm-hmm. and maybe we start our own company and we do a concierge-based training, mm-hmm. like private uh, you know, we, we compare it to going to a gym. Mm-hmm. You have a gym membership at like a anytime fitness or LA fitness, as opposed to hiring a personal trainer. Training. Yep. And so it was an idea that spawned off of, you know, out of a lunch date that when we were just friends at the time, and we can tell you about that, I guess, in the next segment, <laughs> but we were just friends. Frustrated segment. <laughs> yeah, that's it. to dropped
2: the F bomb, so we're good.
0: Yeah.
1: We're there. Um, and I think it's important, too. And I've sent, and I hope they've reached out to you. I think it's important for a woman to teach a woman. Not necessarily everything, but certainly the basics, because I think a lot of women who have not been around firearms are really afraid of them. Mm-hmm. right and i think a the way a man would teach it can be very different than the way a woman can teach it
2: yeah i right. mean and that's the thing like i do it for guardian i do a lot of the contacting you know mm-hmm. like the the billing and the you know somebody contacts or email i'm usually the first one to respond and you know they uh, the largest growing demographic in our industry are women um and a lot of women that are, that don't know much about guns and it's yeah. not because they're women. It's just because they've never they, been around. They've been them. never been around. Yeah. Right. So like right now, a lot of the demographic that we're getting with not just women, but overall mm-hmm. is people that are agnostic to guns, like take it or leave it. Like yep. they don't, they don't really care that now they're seeing the way the world's going. And yes. this is, this is not a political thing. This is not a Trump Biden thing. This, this is a, looking at the market analysis of our, of our clients what brings you to Guardian? That's the first thing we talk about. Is the well, number, when crime it, is
1: rising at the rate that it is, and the yeah. concept of defunding police—correct—you don't have to be a brain surgeon no. to know that when one goes down, one's going up.
2: And okay. and the and the the funny thing you mentioned about that—that that defunding of the police and the the growing crime trends and the 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 people just not being safe—sure. Because I asked them what you know, because a large part of our demographic, no no kidding, is what brings you to Guardian. They slide the gun case across the table. Karen and I opened the case, the gun still inside is wrapped in plastic yeah. and the receipt still on top. Yep. And a lot of fire instructors are like, you're nuts. I'm like, no, that's awesome. One, they're responsible. Sure. Right. right? I had, I had a, I had a certain officer at my other, <clears throat> my former agency. He was like, the fire instructor was like, oh, look at all these nuts buying guns. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be careful what you just said right there. Right. I said, are there nuts buying guns? I agree. Right. Sure. It, it, sure. it spans all, all de- all that, that aspect. I said, but the people that are coming to us mm-hmm. are are truly concerned about, like from cons- the the span goes from concern to just outright scared, sure, right, and almost yeah. an irrational fear, and it, it spans that that aspect. I said, but the people that are coming to us are responsible because mm-hmm. they realize the burden that now is upon them because right. of the defund of the police.
1: Well, especially when we had the protest here in Phoenix, <clears throat> and they're talking you about mean, going riot. out riot. into riot. the
2: the operative term is riot. We'll, we'll get to the riot in okay. a minute. <laughs> term is a riot. But, but
1: when it started, and then when it got bad, and then they started Correct. claiming they were going to come out to to the the neighborhoods. into the, the suburbs. neighborhoods yeah. and yeah. stuff. And I remember Chris actually called me one day and he said, First, I want you to back your car in the garage. Have you met me? Yeah. <laughs> How long have I been around cops? Really? I got that. Okay. The car is already back (laughs) in. But
2: sometimes we have to mansplain even stuff to you as well.
1: (laughs) Not that. (laughs) And then he said he and somebody else were laughing about if things got bad out here. And I called Chandler and any of the guys there that the joke would be to see if they could get here before I did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously. (laughs) I know.
1: (laughs) You're right. And I, I mean, it just made me laugh. But. I can. My neighbors were scared. Yeah, and I told them um, one next door, and I said something about you know one of the things the officers are telling people is to back their cars in because that way at least if you can get to your garage and run them over if you have to. Yeah, and um, you know, Chris, and everybody was telling me I had we support law enforcement signs in the front yard, and they were like, take them down. I was like, no, bring more. Go ahead, yeah. and stick them out yeah. front. Yeah. You know, whatever. Sure. And but it, you know, to me, when people. Just buy a gun and stick it on a shelf. That's nuts. Yeah. But when they're reaching out to people who are trained to help yeah. them, how could anybody think that's, that's crazy? Well,
2: it, it, you know, and I think that's a lot of the, of the problem just in society as a general. Like it's not a, it's not even a, it's not even that it's, it's these broad strokes, mm-hmm. you know, these broad strokes of, of society. Sure. You know, we make these generalized statements without really any, any contextualization. And you're like, dude, come on. Like these people are trying to be responsible. They, they were, I don't want to be just ill-informed. Right. They, they had this bubble right. of safety, and that bubble of safety has been burst or sure. popped or threatened. Sure. And so now what right. am I going to do? Exactly. Right. I call 911, and nobody answers. Right. Right. Like in Atlanta. Right. Right. A yep. third, like 2 Oh, third, yeah. That
1: was scary listening yeah. that, that, that night. I listened. Right?
2: Armed robberies holding.
1: And yeah. Yes. And nobody's responding. Correct. Anywhere. That and, was
2: weird. And you look at the crime trends, and it's it's not a... This is not a this is not a political soapbox. These are facts, right? Yeah. Right. Because and what I think people are looking for that are starving for right now is truth. Sure. The problem with truth is we can agree that everybody in this room's truth is different. Your sure. truth is different than mine, Tom. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad guy and I'm a bad guy. Right. Well, our I'm perceptions I'm
1: are different because that's based our on reality. Truth. Yeah. But
2: the, re- the but the facts. Yeah. Are crime is going up, right? And and people are con- are. So are, are going from legitimately scared to concerned. Sure. And so how do I take my preparedness yep. into my own hands? Sure. And that's what our company is about. It's not f- putting on plate carriers and, and going hunting. What are you doing today Yep. to prepare for that potential tomorrow? What are you doing today to prepare for tomorrow? That's sure. our ethos. Well, now that we started talking about your company, well, we sorry, probably I, yeah. at least tell the name of your company so that- yeah sorry uh yeah i guess i guess our company's name is
1: <laughs> no it's a secret it's a secret
2: <laughs> 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 no i got other secrets don't worry about that.
1: yeah and i'll tell those in
2: the yeah, last segment thank you. Can't <laughs> wait.
1: don't worry i got my notes
2: yeah so our company's called guardian training and consulting and uh so i
1: remember when y'all told me at church that day you were doing this
2: yeah right You remember that i do i we do. walked
1: outside and y'all said here's what we're
2: doing and it's, it was crazy yeah um but it's it's been a it's been a great mm-hmm. ride so so the reason why we chose Guardian is because it, because, you know, if you go to our, about us, if you go to our website, you know, gtctrain.org and you go to about us, obviously we wanted to put all of our instructors, you know, not only the credentials, but what makes them why they who they are. Sure. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, they're, they're certified in this and da 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 but it doesn't read like the, the standard resume. It's a story about them. But the first thing before you ever learn anything about me or Karen or any, any of our staff is the actual Webster's Dictionary definition of a guardian. Like why, like I'm a huge Simon Sinek fan. Mm -hmm. Um, so start with why, know your why, find your why. Um, and after that, that seminar that we went to the global leadership seminar, um, summit, the global leadership summit with, with you. Um, I just went off just crazy on on him because he, he did a presentation there.
1: He does get a little oh. obsessive about things at times. He does. It's, you know, I'm talking about you.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, of course. Okay. I knew that.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, he tried to He's throw trying, that off. Yeah, trying to
2: deflect. <laughs> That's kidding.
1: hone in on things and I do sort of locks in on them.
2: <laughs> I do. I do. It's That's okay. that can be a good you know, thing. It is. Sure. You know, it's it's you know maybe I'm on a spectrum, certain spectrum, but it is what no, it, it is. Just right. The ADD. It could be that too. It is. Uh, what squirrel? Well, I, I think it's
0: funny when Susan <clears> referred to it as a door. <laughs> he i res, i refer to him as my book nerd uh-huh. he's my nerd uh-huh. and he's like well you, is that do you not like that i said no i think it's cute you're my nerd sure and he's always on wikipedia though and he's just he thirsts you know for knowledge he's always learning sure which is great he's got the capacity for it some people don't like yeah. see he jokes around about add and squirrel and this and that but he's He's, he knows, he's he's definitely my phone a friend if I, you know, if I'm ever playing that game and I, you know. Not to jail, though. Phone a friend. Don't call me for bail money. It's like, Josh, <laughs> I know you're going to know the answer to this. Just and under
1: normal circumstances, I would never admit this to Josh, <laughs> but people, it's already been proven that people with ADD and ADHD are of higher IQ.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: They just can't always put it into words for people to understand them. Yeah. And they do change topics a million times, but- Hey Josh, yeah. Wikipedia it isn't always
2: accurate. No, Just so I was, gonna, I was going to. I was going to. I was going to. I was going to preface that with, that's my entertainment reading. Okay. <laughs> and then okay. That, is that is always subsequent to fact check. Yeah. yeah. So I use that as a table of contents. <laughs> okay. I'm to then you. go to my then go to that. It's it's okay. it's my <laughs> as long toilet. As you it's my absolutely because I've had a lot of Google and Wikipedia attorneys in the backseat of my police car on the way to Fourth Avenue Jail. So many do you think I? interacted oh with my, in tempe oh my gosh Because like every college student you uh, arrest says i'm a law student and they're usually wearing my colored shirt <laughs> yes. with a pop <laughs> collar and by the way i'm wearing salmon right now with uh with boat shoes, <laughs> with, uh, with boat <laughs> shoes yeah, shorts. Oh, yeah. bra Absolutely. i just have to have more hair, uh, hair gel and yeah. you know Absolutely. and i have to go do you know who my dad is <laughs> oh yes
1: <laughs> need to trim your beard uh, a little bit you think too. you're better than me
2: <laughs> <laughs> actually i don't i know i'm better than right. you right it's not a think problem <laughs> here. A think, i know i know it right <laughs> i've worked the mill a couple times yeah. and the wasted mismanaged open oh, so it's man, like yeah. so wasted. yeah wasted like yeah let's you go. know who my dad is nope Don't, care. <laughs> don't <care. He's> like, <laughs> really, sure. this is my like caring face yeah. you're still going to jail
1: <laughs> yeah he's a nice guy let's yeah, go let's go <laughs>
2: He's an attorney. Yeah, we'll call him when we get to the jail. Yeah, when I find out he's a divorce attorney. (laughs) (laughs) Might need this somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. So So, Karen,
0: what part do you play in this company? So I am newly appointed CEO. You need to keep the calendar after yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we refer you know it is it's a fifty fifty split we you know, Josh and I always talk about, you know, we try to sit down and try to you know talk about what the decisions that we're gonna make, and it's half and half, but you know he's he's named me the CEO and he's the director of training. So you know we're we're kind of I feel like we're still kind of new and we're still trying to kind of figure some of the roles out, but you know, every time I get that call for training, it's, we just, it comes to, it morphs together and we just, we handle it. Either it's, it's either he goes out and does the training or we both go together or sometimes and he'll, he'll, he'll be the one that talks to the, uh, the client on the phone and he gets a feel for, all right, is this a beginner shooter? Is it, you know, it's not always the female comes to me. Sometimes if I have a meeting, he'll ask them, Hey, are you, do you want to work with Karen? And you want to work with me? And they'll say, sure. I don't care. Doesn't matter. And we figure it out. It's always, it always just works out. Yep. A
1: lot of one on one stuff. Or are we running mostly classes or what are you doing?
0: Both. I think yeah. it's 50 50. We have one on one classes, I would say a few times a week. And then almost every weekend, we have mm-hmm. either a CCW class or a stop the bleed CPR class.
2: Just had a Narcan seminar uh, just recently where our director of medical operations. Uh, did a free seminar, and uh, we partnered with our local medical center, uh, the fire oh. department, um, as well as uh, a substance abuse coalition hmm. and uh, the Fountain Hills Chamber that we're, we're members of. And we saw there saw there was a need. Uh, hmm. The 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 rise in fentanyl, and it's not, a, again, oh, gosh. right? The rise in counterfeit fentanyl and, and the pills that are coming over. Uh, I just saw Sheriff Lambs, uh, Sheriff Mark Lambs uh, from Pinal County, you know, was it 2018 or 2019, they got zero counterfeit pills seized, and then this past year is over two million.
1: Yes. So yes. That, that's crazy. I mean
2: that's crazy.
1: And that's just there. That's, I mean, just, that's just
2: that's just Arizona. Yeah, that's just that coming doesn't across the Arizona border. No.
1: Texas and New right. Mexico and California and all the other places it comes in. Or yeah, and it's, it's coming or,
2: or through Long Beach Pier and yes. you know the Long Beach, the shipping. So it's it's it, we saw a need and so we provided a free service because the Fountain Hills Chamber, um, through the Substance Abuse Coalition is handing out Narcan sprayers free of charge really? without any yeah, absolutely. Wow. You can walk in and, get a, and get, a, get a Narcan sprayer. No questions asked, free of charge. I was um, shocked.
1: I had no idea. I thought one of the officers from Chandler was in here one day. I thought he was kidding about. They have like a a refreshment machine at Chandler Fire that's oh yeah. Narcan. And a it's vending a vending machine. machine. I go, you're crazy. He goes, no, yeah. seriously. There's a vending machine at the fire department for us to get our Narcan. I'm thinking, wow, in 62 years of living- life has really changed a whole yes. lot
0: from yes. crackers
1: and, and potato chips but and lifesavers.
0: Man, it
2: saves lives. Oh my gosh. Yes, it does. Right. I mean, I, mean, I, I did, amazing. I mean, I've had, I've had two people expire in my arms in my law enforcement career from opioid overdoses where before I was, before I even was issued on Narcan or even knowing what naloxone or Narcan was in not having the tool, right. Mm-hmm. Not having the training and the tool to watching them, you know, take their last breaths in my arms and I can't do anything about it sure. to having three, three Narcan, um, you know, uh, saves. I guess saves or, yeah. or, uh, you know, deployments that, that subsequently took, took somebody away from an opiate overdose. Um, that's huge. Right. It's, it's, it's absolutely huge. Are a lot
1: of people getting them from the chamber?
2: Uh, there's a good, there's a sizable amount. Um, I, I don't, I, I haven't, I haven't figured out how uh, tracking any of that, but, you can go to the local fire department, Most a lot of, a lot of fire departments and get that. Um, and it's in it, you know, right now, it's not only just the perspective of, you know, we look at Narcan, we kind of have that stigma of, you know, we deal with the heroin addicts and the, the methadone addicts, but this, this could be your, you know, your your family member that's, that is needing these opiates or, op, you know, opiates that or opioids, um, depending on what they're taking, because opioids and opiates are not the same thing, but the, they're taking them and then they take a little too much, sure. right? And not because they're trying to get high, it's because- they forgot sure and next thing you know they're overdosing to um to to kids right now with the skittle parties and it they,
1: works on fentanyl what's that and it does work any, on fentanyl yes yeah,
2: so any op, any opioid or opiate so opiate is a naturally occurring as a naturally occurring uh you know um, deriving from poppy seeds um all the way to opioids which are completely synthetic in nature which is your your fentanyl um and oxys and stuff like that so it will reverse the overdose from any opiate or opioid. Um, so heroin, so from heroin all the way up to, to fentanyl and oxys and, and everything in between. What it won't, re- uh, or you know, eliminate overdoses is like alcohol or sure. uh, alcohol or like Xanax, which is a, a benzodiazepine, but any of those. Um, and then there, the great thing about, it's not great, but it's uh, uh, upside of Narcan is if you say somebody is having an alcohol overdose, right? And you don't you don't see the you don't see the signs and symptoms, and you deploy Narcan on them. There's no side. There's right. no. There's Doesn't no downside. Hurt. Oh, it
1: won't correct. Okay.
2: And we have very robust. Okay. And a lot of people don't know is we have very robust, um, good Samaritan laws that and specific to opioid antagonists that like Narcan that protect the general public from the liability of deployment of it. Um, so we saw there's an opportunity. It's not like it was it's a free seminar but we saw there was a an opportunity where we could serve our community from our company perspective to give back uh free of charge and to to take the myths out yeah that's a good idea a ton of myths there's a ton of myths with opioids taught from our director of medical operations tim who's a 25-year paramedic he's been doing this he's in the he's he's currently serving on the on the helicopter now he went from the helicopter to he's working in swat uh, as a swat medic and then Um, worked in hospital administration, hated it for a little while. He he just did another chapter and he finally got back on the helicopter. So it's not only taught from a clinical perspective, but an experiential, an experiential perspective. Nice. So, yeah. Um, So we, we have a ton of different, a ton of different services. Um, The biggest thing is the consulting side is, is it's a completely customized service. Um, So we've, we've had churches before where they're like, we're, we're concerned about the active shooter aspect. Um, you know, let's talk about facilities and security. Let's do that from a SIPTED, which is a compute crime prevention through environmental design. Uh, so we go through all that. Um, so there's really not a lot we can't do. Um, and I'll, we'll be the first. We'll be the first one to say that. You know, somebody consults with us and goes, "Hey, do, do you do this?" And I go, "No, but I have a, I have a person that I I trust to do it." So.